Hello, we are gathered here together because Paul McCartney has released his first solo album for 10 years. That is an album without wings or indeed without any group. And I'm here to talk to Paul about it and one or two other McCartney things, which is very nice for me and I hope it'll be nice for Paul. Paul, good evening, hello, welcome and other expressions of greeting. Good evening, Tom. <laughs> Why have you done a solo album at this stage of your career? Having I couldn't not done think one of anything else to do, actually, Tim. No, seriously, folks. Um, I mean, it's called McCartney 2, which yeah. implies to uh, me that it's perhaps a follow-up to McCartney 1, and that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Is it a follow-up, or are you...? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Uh, what happened was I originally just went into the studio to have a mess around, because um, I was fed up of formally making records, you know, going in and doing it all properly. I'd just made an album like that, and uh, I wanted to just hire a machine um, which I did. I hired a 16-track machine and just put a microphone into the back, so it's a very primitive way of doing it. And you bypass the uh, mixing console. And I wanted to just go in for like about two weeks and just have a mess around and definitely not do anything for a new album and definitely not try and do anything properly and definitely experiment with anything, you know, and just any little noise I wanted to do. This was going to be total freedom. <laughs> I got this in my head nine. yesterday. It's the worst song Simply ever. I know. It's going to be a cage match a about us. Christmas like, time. Me versus Paul McCartney. The sound match. is up. Really? I know. <laughs> that's why the table. we're doing this cage bit. match. And it's we're talking bad. about things. Oh my God. No, you're singing. And that's about, enough. Okay, please stop. Simply having a wonderful podcast time. Simply having a wonderful podcast time. That's all you get, time. or you're going to see what happens. I'm so tired of doing podcasts. <laughs> I was listening to that today. <laughs> we haven't done it in like three months, and you're so tired already. <laughs> I was singing a Wilburys song. I understand the joke. It doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you you're being an idiot. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I don't know Just why I like did that. that. Was, no. I, I was hoping it would be a more effortlessly rolled <laughs> oh, R, but no. instead it was I sounded like a drunk vampire. Um, <laughs> the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, Brandon Beck. I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. <laughs> and joining us, God, it, you know, usually it... it it goes off the rails later in the show. Usually it's the outro where, where oh, things just go crazy and I get smacked around. It's not your bad. He's the one who chose to sing the world's worst song to intro the She's show. She's on my side. Oh, you mean simply <laughs> having... I'm going... I'm going to cut you. Um, Do you not remember that I sleep with you at night? That is that is true. That is true. Careful. Um, our guest today is a longtime friend of mine, actor, comedian, person considering law school uh amy huckabay amy welcome to the show hi thanks for having me guys hey. so lovely to see you yeah it's it's uh it's been a minute i know we, we used to work together a few years ago we did writing sketch comedy yeah sort of. we, we worked on so a uh, so, yeah i guess it's i guess it's essentially what it was yeah um we worked on a, a thing called hashtag today which was like uh, let's do let's make fun of twitter for two minutes uh while brandon learns how to chroma key 
And we were beautiful on-camera hosts for that. Oh, we were. We were. Um, I never, ever blinked once, ever. <laughs> oh, my God. And we, had, we decided instead of sitting down, we had to stand, and we were both so awkward about standing. Do you remember that? I, I, yeah. We, like, I, were, we were frozen. I just didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a great project to work on anyway. I missed that. I watched some of it the other day. Me too. I, yeah. I watched it a little, a little bit recently. They, they they hold up better than I was expecting. There's one particular episode of us where both of our hair was very good looking. Oh yeah, we were both young and sexy. <laughs> like I, so I was young back then. I was like 17, fresh off the bus. Yeah, me too. Because I've only lived here, you know, four years. So 17 is correct. That's yeah, yeah. We're both 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy to drink. Yeah. Uh, so so excited to finally go to a concert at an uh, adult. Can't wait to go to the Palladium for the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. To go see uh, LCD um, Sound System. Yeah, for sure, man. So before we get into the topic at hand, uh, let's go. Let's talk about what we're into this week. Don't worry. I'll go first. Beautiful. I'm sure you will. The thing that I am I am into this week is a new show on Adult Swim. It's called Joe Para Talks With You. Mm. And it is... It's fucking hysterical. It's really funny, but it, it is simultaneously the most like zen, calming TV show I've ever seen. Oh. It's it's about this guy Joe Para who uh, is just sort of awkward and sort of talks like a grandpa. Like he's got this okay. really slow, like elderly man cadence, <laughs> and he just like walks you through his life, like what a trip to his local diner is like. Or what, um, oh, or like what he does, or like the 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 drive he takes every fall to go put a pumpkin in the river. Um, but they did an episode called Joe Para Reads You the Church Bulletin, which is no shit. Uh, my favorite episode of television from maybe the last five years. Um, wow. it's it's up there with uh, the Parker Gale episode of Documentary Now is just like. Something so perfectly, beautifully, like, attuned <laughs> to my sensibilities. Um, and that particular one is he's reading the church bulletin, but then gets distracted by how much he loves the song Baba O'Reilly by The Who. And the whole episode is him just talking about how much he loves Baba O'Reilly. And there's just something so... There's a like, very good dog in it. There is a very good dog in it, but there's the something, hound. like, very pure about it that I find very appealing uh especially when things are so fucked up like they are right now yeah tried to explain um, it to everybody for weeks i have yeah. I, I have and i've explained it v well um <laughs> who wants to go next i'm sorry i tuned out during all of that so i was not thinking about what i'm into um i can be very basic for a moment okay okay so, for the first time on Saturday night, I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey all oh, high shit. at the Arc Light. did that a couple weeks ago. I oh, really? About, I did so that a month ago. I had never seen Had you seen it before? I watched it once freshman year of high school on oh, my okay. laptop. Yeah, exactly. At you can't. Camp. So, at theater camp. Okay, we're going to skipping over theater camp for a second. That's amazing. I, Not yeah. just theater camp, technical theater yeah, camp. I was going to say, he was actually a techie, which is funny. <laughs> That's yep. very funny. Yep. I was terrible at it. <laughs> You're terrible at it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw that, and I knew what I was in for. So I was like, I'm getting high, and I'm just going to like sit back, and I'm going to let this happen. That sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without judging it. Um, dude, I was kind of into it. It fucking rules, it was right? Really, I mean, 
the end, I was just saying what the fuck over and over. Yep. When the star child. Um, that thing is horrifying. It's horrifying. It's next level creepy. It's like the Ally McBeal baby, but worse. Ooh, yeah. But um, but yeah, I was into it. The music and I, I, I don't understand how anyone could drop acid to that movie because I would oh, God, jump out yeah. of my skin, parent freaked out. Oh yeah. Because I was so scared during parts of it. <laughs> oh yeah. The the thing that the thing that blew me away and that really, aside from the fact that it's still it's a fifty year old movie and it looks better than any yeah Hollywood movie I've like ever seen it in looks terms great. of like effects and shit. Yeah. But um, I had forgotten that seventy percent of the first half is just footage of commercial space travel. Like, yeah, <laughs> with classical I love music, that. I loved that. That is, if the move, if if they removed everything else, and I it know. was just three hours of like following some flight attendants. Didn't you find it calming? It was the most zen thing yeah, I've ever seen. Me too. It, like, and I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of commercial space travel yeah. in general, and so yeah. just like watching that shit, it was like this is like this is as close to actually seeing that as we could get, and it's yeah. really oh my god, it was cool. Yeah. Oh, and also being high as fuck. And being it high. Is yeah. So good. It was really good. Uh, uh, if, if, uh, pro tip, bring your vape pen and then go outside during the intermission. Yeah, there's an intermission. Yeah. Ten minutes. I ate so much food. I think I had a pretzel, a hot dog, milk duds, something else. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely ate, like, at least a whole thing of Sour Patch Kids and, like, half a popcorn. Yeah. It was... Uh, it's a good... It, it was good. Yeah, it's great. My, my <laughs> wife is giving me this amazing look of, like, how fucking basic are She's the like, I hate you, you both. <laughs> no, like, I just too. have no interest. I heard about all this us. when it happened because I was seeing uh, Deadpool with a friend at the time. Oh, right. And told him. And so <laughs> I forgot like that we were both me. at the Arclight. We were both at the, the Arclight. Yeah, and then I let... Oh, and then, and then, and then I did a very good wife joke. Oh, my God. I forgot I about this. I saw him... Um, I saw his car in the parking deck <laughs> as I was leaving, um, so I pulled over and I stopped and I got out. Um, at first I was just going to be sweet and leave him a note, but oh. then I couldn't find any paper except for an envelope from a ticket I'd gotten and not paid. So I left the ticket envelope under his windshield. And then when he pulled it out and looked at it, it just said, LOL, JK. <laughs> and I, I came out cause I think I was on like the ground floor of the yeah, Arclight the deck or the, I was on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I came out like, what the f- I'm in the fucking parking deck of the Arclight. What did I do? And then uh, only to realize how owned I got. And it was uh, very good. I was very pleased with myself. <laughs> is is dunking on me the thing you're into this week? It's the thing I'm into for the past 11 years. That's very true. <laughs> Happy marriage over here. The secret. I know, right? <laughs> no, truly, though, anyone who's like in a real relationship will tell you one of the greatest joys in life is just fucking dunking on your significant other. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I just happen to have, like, you know... She's already made three shots. She's on fire, you know, just constantly, you know, NBA jam, like backflip <laughs> dunking on me from halfway across the court. She knows too much. Glowing she shoes. She just walks into it. I, I really do. I really just do. right into it. Um, oh, God. I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I say this every fucking week, but I'm so into sleep, guys. <laughs> I just Ooh. know. I, I just finished Hollywood Fringe, so, like, I haven't had time for interests. Um <laughs> Uh, Sleeping. So right now I'm gonna be really into organizing lately and and cleaning once I get my act together. I don't know. Um, I did get all caught up on a bunch of like TV stuff though once Fringe was over, which was cool. Um, I finally caught up on seasons five and six of Voltron, which were fucking buck wild, y'all. <laughs> That's what you're oh saying. Oh my god. Um, they just really took it up a notch. Um, 
Well, yeah, I don't know highly anything recommend. about that. I don't know anything about like I never watched the old one, and then an old company I was working for, we were working on the comics, so mm. I was like, maybe I should watch them because I was making like proofreading notes on something, and I was like, the green one, and I was like, I'm assuming these people have names. Um, <laughs> So I decided to watch it, and it's very good. And then seasons five and six are just fucking buck wild. It's great. I realized years ago when I was writing, especially with sketch comedy, names could not matter less. Mm. Um, one of the things we started doing in Gunslinger but is But they just, do when you're making notes on a comic to the writer. That That's true. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to pretend I didn't uh, even bring this tangent up. Cool. So, that's new. I know, right? Wow. So he doesn't want to get dunked on. I, mm, it's too no. late. Dunk free zone. He already did. <laughs> the, the, oh, not. this is no way a dunk free zone. <laughs> this is a this is a dunk jubilee zone. Ooh. That that should be jubilee. our dunk dunk dunks jamboree zone. <laughs> dunks jamboree zone. Yeah. Okay. I like the jubilee. Um. Yeah. I I think that should be our first T-shirt. Is no uh, no dunk zone. Um. Just take an old like. Just give me the proceeds. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give you the proceeds. <laughs> it was her. It was her line. So on to the topic at hand: solo Beatles. What this means is that Amy and Brandon are about to have a fight about wings. I cage I, fight, cage, cage match, <laughs> wings battle, wings battle. Well, I choose buffalo. <laughs> I choose chicken teriyaki. <laughs> but like that dry one from Bufftown. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna get some wings. We'll yeah, we're gonna get some wings. We'll be back in approximately three hours okay we're all gonna be really drunk on <laughs> buffalo wings um it's yeah. gonna be hot it's gonna be miserable terrible um so why what about the post beatles catalog uh, appeals to you well you know we talked about you know i love george harrison yes and i think all things must pass is probably the best beatles solo beatle album hard disagree but Kay. continue anyway me and brandon are gonna fight a lot in this podcast but I don't know. I find it interesting because, you know, I was such a Beatles fan my whole life. Like, sure. since kindergarten, like a child. I was, like, the weird kid that didn't, that only That's listened fair. to Beatles. My first, my first cassette tape, CD, and vinyl record were all uh, Abbey Road. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you get it. My, my, first, uh, my first sexual experience was to the photograph video. That's, That's disturbing. Why would you tell the world That's that? That's so disturbing. <laughs> we'll get to that. That's really weird. We're going to circle back. Um, <laughs> Put a pin in that sidebar. But I didn't really know any of the solo Beatles stuff probably until I was like nearing the end of college. Yeah. And so it was just like a, almost a new discovery for me in my adult life of like, oh, there's more Beatles stuff to get into. Sure. <laughs> you know? And I, well, I think every every kid that like gets deep into the Beatles mm-hmm. always has that moment of like, you kind of want to just keep the Beatles like sacred. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it's just the Beatles. Anything they did afterwards when it wasn't the Beatles kind of doesn't count. Yeah. And like you can hear that there's a bunch of garbage there's plenty of garbage in the Beatles catalog oh, too. Oh, there, no, there yeah, 100% probably. is. There 100% is. <laughs> That's true. All of them were really into making what should have been a single album a double album. Yeah. But then, like, I think a lot of people just sort of don't give it a chance at first, but mm-hmm. then have the thing where they hear something from, you know, the post Beatles days yeah. and go, oh, this is actually, like, really fucking legit. Might happen to be the Traveling Wilburys. I actually really do like the Traveling Wilburys, but I'm like not sure songs. I'm not. how much I count it as like a post Beatles pr- solo project because it's really more I of guess. a like old man super group. Yeah, it was like dad group. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's yeah. all it's, of it's them. like a separate thing. Like it's not 
one of their projects on its own. Like I could, I can see Wings being counted. Yeah, yeah. I, the Traveling Wilburys are great, and I know you're really excited to preach the gospel of the Traveling Wilburys here, but I'm preach not sure on. they necessarily fall into the category of what we're talking about. <sighs> I'm you not know, saying I they're know, not I great. Can, and I'm, not can talk about talk, I'm not saying we can't talk yeah. about it. That's just I'm just not playing. I'm not yeah. saying we can't talk about it. I'm just saying it's one of those projects that feels more yeah. tangential and not necessarily yeah. like inspired by one of the four that's that i, I see i see what you mean that's, i 100 100 we can still for sure talk about we can for sure talk the about the <laughs> tribal memories but oh, yeah. yeah and the thing i think handle with care all day oh hell yeah yeah oh i was just gonna say the other thing that i reason i like listening to the solo beatles stuff is because there's so much said about the beatles and how you know, they worked together and what each person's personality was and what they each brought to the band that I think it's really interesting to listen to them solo because oh, totally. it's even more isolated and you kind of learn more about it, about them as a group. I feel like each of them has a solo album that is the most them mm-hmm. possible. I think for John, it's probably Plastic Ono Band. Yeah. yeah. For Paul, it's probably Ram. Ram, yeah. But I, I, I could also talk <laughs> about Ram for three fucking hours. It's yeah. one of my favorite like albums. Um for Ringo, I don't entirely know what it would probably Bokus of Blues, yeah. his country his country <laughs> album, uh, or the No No song. I love you, Ringo. And uh, I mean, for George, it's all things was past. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you just look at each of them, like Plastic Ono Band is, it feels like John Lennon trying really hard to be like, I don't care. See, look, I'm I'm like. I'm arty and mm-hmm. and difficult, and I don't give a shit about the Beatles. Yeah. Um, whereas Ram is just like, oh, here's eight kind of silly songs, mm-hmm. plus Monkberry Moon Delight, the greatest Paul McCartney composition ever. Don't at God, me, Libs. I, I'm every, everyone at him. Um, <laughs> I do have a thing here that says, uh, I do have a page that, that is a listing of uh, solo Beatles, and they do include Traveling Wilburys on it as Harrison <laughs> okay. at all. And it's listing. It's a listing from 1967 to 1997, and it is many more albums than I think many of you think. Let's hear it. Wonderwall music is the first one listed for. Oh, Harrison. the Beatles did Wonderwall <laughs> for Harrison. Oh 68. boy, <laughs> the Ugh. first. I'm going to tell you the first of each of them and the last of each of them. Can I make an admission, guys? Two versions, Lennon and Ono. I don't know what Wonderwall is. I, I can never. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't know what the song it was? I, okay, Wonder He loves Wall. nothing more than to just tell our Google Home to play it because he thinks it's funny. But then but every he, time it plays, I can never, can remember, never what remember what song, song it is. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's, because it's just he's so really bad at, really He's really bad at that era of music. If it's not, they might be giants or fish. Oh. Yeah. My favorite um, title of a Ringo album is also in the 70s, 76. Ringo's Rotogov, or however the fuck you pronounce R- it. What? What? Ringo's Roto Gravure. Oh my god. Ringo need, is so I'm gonna need you to spell that to for me, please. R O T O G R A V U R E. Ringo's Roto Gravure. Is it the one where he's in like an actual like star costume? Let's fucking oh my god. That looks it looks like he just wrapped himself <laughs> in one of those like you just Ooh. had a traumatic experience blanket. So this oh is god. I found all this on a on a review site and their um their review is one star, a star-studded disaster. Oh. <laughs> Once again, Ringo collected songs from John, Paul, and George, but they're dull. This was the last record with new songs oh. by each of the four. And Lennon's retro cooking in the kitchen of love was his last new composition released before his house band retirement. Wow. There's a guest appearance by Eric Clapton on his amazingly repetitive This Be Called a Song. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to oh hear this be called a song. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll drop in some this be called a song. You know you're in trouble when a record's best track is a minute long compilation of studio chatter called Spooky Weirdness. Oh my I'm just god. Gonna, I'm just. You I got know what? this on vinyl for forty nine cents, and it wasn't worth the money. You know what? Fuck it. Damn. Here's Spooky Weirdness in its entirety. Wow, that was spooky and weird, <laughs> and weird. we all listened to it. <laughs> well, we have to talk about Ringo's best solo oh, endeavor. We, we do. Which, well, I don't know if you know what I'm going to say. Actually. Oh, I 100% know what you're going to say. He played the conductor on Thomas the Tank Engine when I was a child. That I, that wasn't what I thought that's, you were no, going to say? No, that's not what he thought you were going to say. No, I know. Say. But, but he did. You're not wrong. Yeah, you remember that. Was he before or after George Carlin? I think, I think he was before. Was he before? I'm not sure. I think so. But okay, now we can talk about the actual best thing, which yes. is the no no song. The no oh yeah. The no no song. The no no song is Ringo's It's a song me and Brandon, I think, discovered together. I I think you discovered it and then you brought it into work. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah. was like, Oh my god, you need to hear this. <laughs> it's Ringo's I'm not gonna drink or do coke or, or smoke weed or smoke weed anymore song because with it a makes Jamaican me feel, accent oh yeah the whole oh, it's it's yeah, like a weird no no cabinet the no no juice yeah it's it's yeah. a weird we did like, actually have a label on our on our alcohol cabinet in one of our old apartments that said no no juice it's Ringo's teetotaler anthem um <laughs> that I find endlessly hilarious it's so good I mean and he doesn't even say the word cocaine he just makes a sniffing oh, yeah. sound no 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 I don't <laughs> No more. It, it's, uh, oh my God, it's so strange. I'm tired of waking up on the floor. Oh yeah, there, there's, if if you, were, if someone were to release that now. Oh my God. Like, it, like if someone from, like if the dude from, like if Jim James were to release that this year or, uh, or uh, some other popular contemporary musician. I don't even know who Jim James is. He's the, he's the dude from uh, My Morning Jacket. Sometimes he goes by Yim Yames. Okay. Oh, boy. I, that's still pretty old. <laughs> He's one of the monsters of folk. Oh. That's why you know. Okay. That is one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was very confused about why you would know the name of a member of My Morning Jacket. Mm. So if you had to pick a favorite of the post-Beatles records, yeah, what do you think it would be? And why? Well, I think I already mentioned that you mm-hmm. disagreed with. 
Okay. As usual. Sure. Um, all things must pass. Yeah. I just think that all things must pass is such a cohesive. I think what happened was George had so many songs stored up from when he was with the Beatles because Paul and John kind of wouldn't let him add songs that often. Yeah, right. So he had a whole catalog stored up. I just think that it's such a masterpiece. Which uh, which jams are on there? Okay. Um, the only one I can think of. My often. Sweet Lord. Oh, yeah. My Sweet Lord. Um, Wawa, Wawa, which is badass, which is so fucking good. That's a Clapton one, right? Clapton's on that one. Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah, and then there's there's so many. I mean, there's all things must pass. There's what is life? Oh, which is, is a very is Beatlesy song. It's oh yeah, that's that's so that is such a revolver song. Yeah. Which is maybe I think why it's my favorite because it is Beatlesy still. Yeah, it's, it feels like. Um. Oh, there are 23 yeah, tracks on this. Yeah, it's huge. I keep forgetting that it's, it's that huge. long. Because there's that, there, the first two discs are just songs, and then the third one is just like jams and shit, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have you anytime, my sweet yeah. lord. Wawa, isn't it a pity? What is life? If not for you, behind that locked door, let it down. Run of the mill. Beware of darkness. So good. Apple scruffs. So good. Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp, let it roll. Awaiting on you all. All things must pass. I dig love. Art of dying. Isn't it a pity? Version two. Hear me, Lord. Out yeah. of the blue. It's Johnny's birthday. Plug me in. I remember Jeep. And thanks for pepperoni. There, just such a fucking weirdo. There's a really beautiful version of All Things Must Pass on the concert for George mm. that I'm I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure is sung by Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's it's. That's that's not the flying guitar one, is it? Yeah, with Prince. Yeah. No. Well, he no, does. No, no. My guitar gently weeps, but yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, the, <laughs> throws the, the guitar in the air. So cool. The greatest and guitar it's still ever. up there, waiting yeah. for him in heaven. Mm. Yep. Um, it's it's strange. Paul has started to perform a couple, uh, George and John songs. That's interesting. Over the years, and it's it's really odd to yeah. hear, because Paul has been doing uh, something. I think for a while, oh. but he, he starts it off just on the ukulele and then we'll do like mm-hmm. the, the full track. And it's, it's strange to hear a Beatles singing another Beatles song. Yeah. But yeah, so all things must, must pass. What, what do you, what do you love about that record? I just think that it's so, it's so personal to him. And I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot about George through it weirdly and i like his little spiritual quest stuff that he has going on on that album and i just think that you know as with anything it's probably the time in my life that i heard it that really sure. makes me love it so much mm-hmm. but and like i said too it's it's pretty beatlesy and there's just a lot of stuff on there that i find just like moving i don't know i just think it's so personal what's what's your favorite what's your favorite jam beware of darkness I don't think I'm familiar with that one. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really great. Well, we're all going to hear it right now. (laughs) Watch out now.
Wow, that was great. <laughs> uh, so emotional. Amy was doing some uh, some little finger guns. I was. I was just hyping the song. Yeah. <laughs> Ham. Yeah. So. You know, I I think that happens with a lot of Beatles stuff because they're so formative mm-hmm. for so many people that a lot of it does wind up having to do with where you were in yeah. your, in your life at that at that 100%. point. Like I I feel the same way you do about ram yeah uh like the first time i ever heard it was uh like the first time i ever came and visited la i was i went to amoeba records and like just bought a bunch of cds for the car because it didn't have an ipod hookup and they had just re-released ram and i'd never heard of it or i'd never heard it yeah but there were a lot of like oh hey ram is actually really good yeah there's some good songs on that i remember this happening too because he then came home obsessed with wings <laughs> with wings we, uh, y- you know and we can get into wings too wings paul had the highest amount of solo work yes which also meant he had the, the highest amount of just trash yeah just like lots and lots of just trash but the yeah. stuff that he did <laughs> that was good is as good as some of his better beatles stuff mm. i think She's yeah, like, oh. well, I know you love Paul because we've talked about this before. I do. George is his favorite yeah, Beatle. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a George guy. And George is your favorite Beatle? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Paul. No, no. no George, George is definitely my favorite. Oh. I, He's just really into Ram. Yeah, oh. I just, I really. I, oh, I never knew that. I always thought it was Paul. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, George, George is like, as like a, a figure, my favorite. And yeah. his Beatles songs wind up being my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But like. Yeah, as far as like solo stuff goes, I think I've always been a, a Paul guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like you like Paul to a degree because he's a little goofy. Oh, totally. Like we told this story on the the James Bond ish uh, episode mm-hmm. about how like one of your favorite fucking Paul stories. Oh, when he yeah. wrote the James Bond song, and they were like, "Who's gonna sing it?" And he was like, "Me, obviously." And it has that weird reggae middle part that Linda oh wrote. Right? Yeah, yeah. Live and Let Die is such a. <laughs> it's, it's like so weird. It's such oh. a banger. That then they threw yeah, in a weird good. little reggae part that like doesn't work or shouldn't work. It does somehow. But, but also like, like they expected someone else to be singing it, which yeah might actually have worked better. That's but then he was like, yo, I just wrote you a fucking James Bond song. Of course I'm singing it. Yeah. George Martin brought it to the producers and, the, and was like, uh, Paul's going to sing it or else you're not going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always been tempted to write Ringo's Bond song, which would have to be Octopussy's Garden. Oh my god, so great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, no. I, I, when did you sort of discover the Beatles? When you were really young? Ooh, yeah, so I have an older brother who's eight years older than me. Oh, okay. So I always wanted to be like my brother, sure. essentially. And my parents are very into the Beatles, and then my brother got into the Beatles. Um, and so I was probably... We always listened to them, but when I really... I mean, even being, I can remember being like first grade and, and, you know, Ringo was my favorite Beatle at that point because he's the most child friendly. Oh, there there is an argument that can be made. (laughs) To a degree. Yeah, to a degree, besides all the coke. Yeah. There is an argument that can be made that Ringo is the best Beatle because he's the only Beatle that all the other Beatles liked. Well, that's true. Yeah. Therefore, he is the top Beatle. Oh, he was also, became that Beatle because... They got rid of one that the rest of them didn't like. That's because true. Because they were threatened by the other one. Because he was yeah. more attractive. He was more attractive. <laughs> let's, let's hire this weird little troll to play <laughs> drums for us. But then, you know, he Ringo. He great in Rush. <laughs> He's oh, the... my God. Can you imagine a Rush track with, with Ringo? Oh <laughs> All right, drum solo. 
It's why in any of the all-star bands, there's like five drummers. Oh yeah, Rick like never plays drums in the all-star band. He'll sit down there to do the end. There's three drummers in every all-star band lineup. Funny. And like Joe Walsh was in the all-star band for a little while. The all-star band is buck wild. Because it's all it's it's some insane combinations of people that never amount to anything. Like when you have Joe Walsh and Ringo and uh, who who wrote Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Edgar Winter. And Edgar Winter all in the same band, but you're just doing Ringo hits. Oh my the god! Fuck is wrong with you? Oh well, no. The they did an eagle an eagle song, oh. but it wasn't a Joe Walsh song. They did Desperado. Oh my god! Like, what? And I think Joe Walsh sang it, too. <laughs> there was a point at which it was Ringo Starr on drums and vocals, Joe Walsh on guitar, piano, talk box, and vocals, Nils Lovgren on guitar, accordion, and vocals. He's, he's in the E Street Band. He is in the E Street Band. I know. Cause listen, uh, Jack, Dr. John was on piano, bass, and vocals. I remember <laughs> What? That. I Dr. Remember. John? Yeah, we watched a, a concert once where he was in, That's why I went to look this up. I was like, I really think Dr. John oh, was in the All-Star Band at some point. Photograph. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. John was on piano, bass, and vocals. Photograph. Billy Preston was on keyboards and vocals. The, Rick what? Di- Rick Danko was on bass, guitar, and vocals. What? Levon the bass Helm player from the two members of the band? was on drums, harmonica, and vocals. What? Clarence Clemens was saxophone, tambourine, what? percussion, and vocals. And Jim Keltner was on drums. What? That is the main, that is the core band. And then under that is listed all the different guests Jim Keltner throughout the years. Jim Keltner was Ringo for all of the other Beatles after the Beatles broke Jesus. up. Um... <laughs> One of George's records had a an address for the Jim Keltner fan club. This is the best band ever. What the? It's two people from E Street, two people from the band, including the one that matters, Joe Walsh. What the? F- and they and, and that's the first All Star band from 1989. Oh my! And and that's that was like Levon's best. Also, period Max Weinberg where, guested on a bunch of different shows. Of course he did. And that was also that was Levon's best period. Bruce Springsteen where he was guested just, on guitar where he during was one show. Like he played hat. on "Get Back," sung by Billy Preston, oh "Long Tall oh, Sally," for... "Photograph," and with a little help from my friends. What oh, fuck's sake! All right, and tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, and then the second what would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Tell me, Paramus. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so the, the second All-Star Band in 92 is not quite as stacked, but still pretty stacked. <laughs> Got it. Oh, it's, it's just all the members of Rush, <laughs> Neil Young. Third All-Star Band, similarly not as stacked, but still pretty stacked. Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive Whoa. was on guitar and vocals. And that also had John, Paul, and George in the third All-Star <laughs> My Band. God. John wow. Entwistle from The Who. What? Whoa. Now it... I... Hmm. That seems like that'd be a weird fit. Like... All right, John, we're going to play one of uh, one of one of me songs. All right. Peter Frampton was in the fourth All Star Band. Whoa. Okay. I think that's basically what a talk box sounds like. Probably. That was close. Yeah. These are like some really stacked fucking lineups. Um, I, I watched a YouTube video the other day that was all of the All Star Band regenerations. From the first to the second to the third oh to the fourth, God. it's it's really wild. They 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 all die in some pretty uh, horrific ways. Colin Hay from Men at Work was in the eighth All Star Band in two thousand three. What? Whoa! Wow. Anyway, we could we could play this game all day, but <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. wanted to, I remembered Dr. John was in the first All Star Band, so I wanted to look up that list. That is. I'm shocked you didn't know that. That is an insane number of really bad vocalists in one band. <laughs> Edgar Winter was not in it until the tenth All Star Band in two thousand eight. Oh wow. But can can you just can you imagine 
Ringo and Dr. John and Joe Walsh all yes. singing like Danny Boy or oh, something. Okay. I was going to say yes because I've seen a concert video. I remember him being in a concert video we watched. That's why I remembered that Dr. John was in the All-Star Band. <laughs> or all of them trying to do the harmonies and because. Oh, God, we are on the 12th All-Star Band. No, oh. 13th. We are on the oh. 13th All-Star Band the in 13th, 2018. The 13th All-Star Band is the first one that's a woman. Yeah. So far, the 13th All-Star Band, 2018, the current current lineup of the All-Star Band, Ringo Starr, drums, percussion, piano, vocals, Steve uh, Lukather from Toto on guitar and vocals, oh. Colin Hay from Men at Work, guitar and vocals, Greg Rowley from Santana and Journey is on keyboards and vocals, Graham Goldman from 10CC is on bass, guitar and vocals, Greg Bissonette is on drums, backing vocals, Warren Ham from Blood Rock, Kansas, and AD is on saxophone, harmonica, flute, percussions, keyboards, and vocals. And you That's know it. I'm a huge Greg Bissonette fan. <laughs> That's I, yeah, that, that didn't say who he was from. I guess he's a session guy. Oh, no, he, Greg Bissonette's work speaks for itself. <laughs> anyway, that is the current lineup of the all, the uh, the 12th, the 13th All-Star Band. I mean, it's possible that Ringo has the best life. I mean, he, I, he's only, you know, half of who's still alive. Yeah, you, you might you might not be wrong. He like It seems like his adventures were always the 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 silliest yeah like like a lot of the shit that happened to paul and george and john kind of sucks but ringo just got to like go make movies and mm-hmm. hang out with barbara bach <laughs> are they still married i have no idea i don't, I don't think know. so well you know ringo was the star of the beatles movie help he was. And he has a lot of star quality. He was the star of all the Beatles movies. Was he? Yeah. yeah well, the, well, because the... none of them wanted to do it. Oh, he had loved it. I mean, he. I just remember him in that one because it's such a good movie. But Oh, sidebar. They're showing Yellow Submarine at the Arclight uh, yeah. on Monday. Do you want to go? Yeah, we should go. Awesome. We were talking about going, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to do it like 2001? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2001 style. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, So... I need to ask you uh, an important question. Okay. Was the I little think lady he's still married to Barbara Bach? A suffragette. <laughs> Jet. Jet. Ooh, oh ooh. boy. Let's 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 get in. Let's get into it. Let's get into wings. Okay, let's get into wings. You're gonna have more to say than I will. You know, wings, like all Paul solo things, is he he gets cheesy. there about yeah. <laughs> he gets there about 40% of the time. And when he and that's not a great ratio, but when he gets there, it fucking rules. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, this isn't like on a per This is like album to album. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you'll get Band on the Run, which is like banger after banger song. after yeah. banger, but then sometimes you get that one where they're all in a spaceship looking down at the earth. And it's just, well, this is the album where Paul McCartney and Wings are in a spaceship looking down at the Earth. Um, But I I do think that some of the better Wings songs stand up there with the best solo Beatles stuff and almost with some of Paul's best stuff. Like, like I, I, I don't think you can in good conscience argue that Band on the Run is as good as anything he did in the Beatles, Mm -hmm. but it's still an exceptionally good pop song and, and an exceptionally inventive one. Um, Cause I I think, I think people for literal one. That's true. (laughs) Because I think people forget that like, it is that the Beatles, all of them kind of kept innovating 
after they were out of the Beatles because uh-huh. they're just really good. So like even if something didn't, you know, isn't up to that level of quality because nothing really could be, uh-huh. it's still pretty fucking good. And like Wings, I think the best Wings record is probably Wings Over America because it's all of the. It's just it's just greatest hits. It's a three. Oh. It's a three LP live record that's just the best of Wings. Yeah, and it's really good performances. Best, uh, like that's a great. I have an issue. With, I, I see what you mean. I I just I always have an issue with someone naming like a live album of hits as their as the yeah. best album, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course it is because. That's why they did all those ones live. Like, it may be the, the best for someone who wants to get introduced to it or for just, like, general listening. But I think that evaluating that as their best piece of work is unfair. Yeah, no, I, that, that's, I see what you mean. Because they fucking curated that set list and knew that they were all going to be bangers. True. Unlike yeah. when you put an album into the world and you've curated it and done your yeah. best and hope people will like it. I, I The other reason I think Wings Over America uh, is, is an important addition to their canon is because wings were a live band like mm-hmm. the, the Beatles. the Beatles really weren't after a certain point uh john and george didn't really have much of a live performing career like they they toured occasionally but they they didn't like they weren't out there every year the way paul and wings were and i think wings became a really good live band in a way that the beatles never really were able to um and i think a lot of people sort of forget that i think part of that though oh god i'm about to get real in the weeds on this um i mean that's literally why this podcast is a podcast but i mean i think part of that is that the beatles were never supposed to be a live band yes and no they were but i feel like the the beatles you know they were the start of rock and roll they were the start of arena shows Mm -hmm. so you know the the later later like when you get into the the 70s when you get into the era of of like wings performing sure the the live show had evolved to be something more than just performing the songs straight off the album yeah yeah and when the beatles were first performing when they were younger you know that's that's what it was arena shows were new you were taping for ed sullivan you were just literally playing exactly <laughs> what was on the album cuz that's what people wanted to hear it was it's the difference between, you know, that thing you do and fucking almost famous. Like, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. That's sort of like summer dance party. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that the Beatles never really as the the Beatles as a band, as the, you know, starters of arena rock, the starters of, you know, huge tours that were beyond just going to country fairs or whatever. Yeah, or like local gyms. Yeah, is they never had a chance to develop as a really good live band because by the time that culture was evolving, their music was evolving beyond a point where it was something you wanted to necessarily sit and listen to live. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. love the White Album. I don't think I'd want to fucking sit through a concert of the White Album. <laughs> you're, 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 tell, you're telling me you didn't want to be uh, at... Fish's performance on ten thirty one ninety four, where they performed the White Album in its entirety. No, I did not. Ah, you're telling me that you wouldn't want to sit down to a show knowing you're going to get to hear Piggies? Yeah, like, do you, do you get what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and totally. you know, it's, and like, you can at me all you want about the White Album. I'm talking exclusively about like album. how interesting it would be to watch live. But you know, the thing about the Beatles too that it's like easy to forget is they were together for such a relatively short amount of time yeah. and put out so many albums mm-hmm. that I just think that they were recording music more than they could faster than they could tour it yeah is t- i need you to tell me if this is something and that it wasn't essential to tour it back then yeah exactly yeah 
I need you to tell me if this is something that creative women who are Beatles fans do. I'll do speak ever, for them. Do you ever do you ever do the thing where you're like, oh, they put out Abbey Road when they were 27. I'm 31 now. What have I done with my life? Do you guys ever do that? I don't do that specifically with the Beatles, but I feel like no. there's everybody always compares themselves to successful people when they're yeah. in a shitty moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fair. But it's irrelevant and it's stupid and we all know it's irrelevant. And oh, stupid. totally. Oh, absolutely. I think there's just something about the Beatles doing what they did at such a young age that yeah. is still kind of staggering. It is, but again, not to be like, oh, the bar was lower, but like they literally created the bar. Yeah. That's true. Like, that's true. I mean, <laughs> they weren't trying to become the next Beatles. They became the Beatles and set the bar. That's very true. So it's just, it's different. It's it's historically different. Like, yes, it's impressive. Yes, they're very talented. But even, I mean, when you think like, oh, they put out this at 27, like, when you were 27, you would have felt like that was old to have done that because you would have been mm-hmm. looking at 21-year-olds nowadays and 15-year-olds that are putting out albums. Yeah, why don't I have a million followers yeah. on YouTube? You know, but that's what I'm saying. It's It's... Oh great! Is there is there any that is New York Times alert? What nightmare has happened oh, now? Oh God! Boy. President Trump sent sharply critical letters to NATO allies, demanding they spend more on defense and warning the U.S. is losing patience. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Beatles. Sport. And that's been your political update. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know what we haven't talked about? What? We haven't talked about John. We mm. haven't. Yeah. God, that's that was true. so hard to talk about too. What are your? I actually don't know how you feel about John. Um. Because I have, I, I was have complex feelings on really? John. Same. Okay. I when I was he was younger, my favorite when I was same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think a lot of I think especially kind of teens, but also kind of arty teens. Yeah. T- t- tend to latch on to him because he seemed to be the most like real mm-hmm. and like all of the like protest shit that he did and yeah. like that his yeah. his songs were a lot more like kind of darker. Yeah, but, like, see. as I've grown up and the more I've learned about him, he kind of just seemed like a shithead and, like, sort of an abusive dick. So, like, it, it's it's been hard for yeah. me to detach I those two. I, I was, like, unshockingly a little bit of a contrarian teen. Um, what? I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. He always... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So, first... Teen. Contrarian <laughs> teen. Oh, got it, okay. Um, so, I don't know. I always... I'm that weirdo that my favorite Beatle has always been George. Um, oh, good. But, but also like in high school, it, like especially like when we were reaching, like everybody I know was like obsessed with George. I'm not was obsessed with um, John, mm-hmm. and I always found him creepy. Oh, <laughs> I always thought he was like all this stuff with like I didn't have enough information, so like all I knew was all this weird stuff about him and Yoko Ono. Oh and, yeah. Like, all this stuff and then he got like and there was just so much like myth surrounding him that I was just like turned off by it yeah I really appreciate as I've gotten older and I've like sat with his music I I appreciate his music and his fucking talent but like him as a personality still kind of freaks me out I I Mm. think too it has it has (laughs) a little yeah yeah. there's a little of that like the same thing that people do with Jim Morrison, where there's this deification yeah. of them because they died relatively young. Yeah. And, you know, in a, uh, you know, in John's case, violent way. And in uh, Morrison's case, sudden, though not really unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I there's so much like they they're you can probably just... hear some dogs in our courtyard right now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- those dogs really have a lot of opinions about Ram. Yeah. Um, I would John. actually never apologize for dogs though. We yeah. don't deserve dogs. No. Oh, um, but like like I, there was a documentary about the Doors that came out like maybe seven eight years ago that was narrated by Johnny Depp, which just gave uh, the whole thing this very uh, like yeah. self serious <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, this is like all the shit about speaking of dicks, Jim. Yeah, Mor- yeah all the shit about Jim Morrison so, that I that I don't like. So though, tell us your feelings on John. Yeah. Oh, on Johnny Depp? No, on John. <laughs> um, God, no, you know, on any John, really. <laughs> I don't know. I still have a place in my heart for John Lennon. I know there's a lot of complicated things about him. He's a very complicated figure. Yeah. But I think him and Paul needed each other in some way. Oh, absolutely. I think that Paul's music was, you know was better when there was John. I think John was, I think they really liked sugar and spice and they really oh, totally. went well together. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, like the Beatles wouldn't have worked if it, if yeah. it was just one of them. Totally. Um, and you know, like he gave the world imagine like one of the most influential, probably like I would argue that his solo songs, the ones that are really iconic are probably the most well-known post Beatles. Yeah. The, uh, he probably true. had, like the biggest long longest lasting. Yeah, imagine yeah. the Christmas one, which <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I I cannot. I was triggered. I thought that you meant Paul McCartney. I yeah. cannot. I was too, and I was like, no, I cannot stand that song. Well, I I like now wonderful you Christmas time. No, but well, yeah, you're no, wrong. I finally, Wait, you don't like John's Christmas song? I find it so annoying. Oh my, what? I like that. The, like like just like the kids and like oh just every everything about it grinds. Oh, on that's my... Yoko. It's not a kid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> eh, regardless um, it's just layers of yoko <laughs> yeah it, i don't know Those just, songs it, you know give peace a chance i never mean, bought us <laughs> well, as far as beatles christmas songs go well, ringo's one octopussy's christmas is yeah. my personal and favorite. i also think and it's one of those things that it's it's hard to gauge because you know he he did die so suddenly exactly that it's hard to gauge whether or not this would have continued being true but i think that his post beatles work was always the most of its time and the most relevant for when it was coming out and I think he was Absolutely. very good at, yeah. at writing to the zeitgeist as well as writing beautiful art and who knows if that would have continued if he would have continued to like be that on the nose about stuff but <laughs> yeah. because he basically went out on a high note it it leaves this just unanswered question of yeah what would have been and I think that also makes it hard to have just like anybody who dies early and young it makes it hard to evaluate you can only evaluate what they did, not, you know, what they had the potential to do. Can you imagine a John Lennon solo album from 1996? Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you can't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of, like, what worst case scenario was there. Oh, like, that or, like, would he have been one of those people that then just retired from music and stopped making music? Like, you know? Yeah. That's possible. Like, that's possible, too. Also, because I just used it, I just want to point out, because somebody on Twitter said this the other day, and it fucking killed me, because I couldn't stop thinking about it. It said Zeitgeist is just German for big mood. (laughs) 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 It killed me. Um, I don't know. He has some great, like, Crippled Inside. Have you ever heard that song? Which one is it on? Uh, It's on Imagine, I think. I don't know if I have. It's really great. So, I don't know. To me, he has some really great folky. He was just so stripped down. He just was the kind of person that's so, I don't know. He was just so troubled. He wore some, I don't know. He was always far- fighting the darkness. I guess George was too, but I'm drawn yeah. to that. 
Yeah, oh, me too. But I think that's why I liked George. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's fighting it in a more productive way. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think George is more is fighting against it. I found him John less of yeah. like embracing it. Maybe, but he also like want you know he wanted all this peace for that. He was. Oh, totally. But I think I think he was like. He was more likely to go on a like an eight month bender with Harry Nilsson than yeah. George was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I think when I was a kid, I just found John to be more of a like creepy drugs vampire, and <laughs> and George was like sad, but I got it. Yeah. Imagine all the Draculas <laughs> that, I'm selling just saying. me my drugs. <laughs> 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 Yeah. They may say that I'm a bloodsucker. Okay, stop, please. <laughs> but I'm not the only one. Please. <laughs> oh, accent work. Please. <laughs> Don't ask him to continue it for more than a sentence, Mm-mm. though, because he cannot hold an accent for more than a second. I, oh. yeah, I know. I really can't. He it's, truly can't. It's very it is funny. very bad. Oh, I am, no. I am not a good accentman. Accentman, yeah. Accentman. That's very accentman. funny to me. What? Accent person. What? To, is there something that draws you to the Beatles solo work that it, what do you get out of Beatles solo things that you don't get out of the Beatles if anything well, that's difficult because I think in some ways you get everything you need from the Beatles yes but like all things must pass for example I mean I feel like I get something different out of that than I get from the Beatles because sure. it's so it's so just, personal so personal and like because you know the Beatles I guess I never thought about it, but they, it, a lot of their stuff is not crazy personal. Yeah, I I, I don't really get much of a I, sense of their I lives. Think, like some of it is, but it's always like layered with other things to where you don't yeah. really notice. I think with, it with is the, personal. The big exception being the Battle of John and Yoko. Yeah, <laughs> which is just like John's diary set to a pretty good groove. I'm always weirded out that that is a Beatles song and yeah. not a John it, song. It is. Yeah, it's so fucking weird that that's a Beatles song. But yeah, like George's solo that album is like reading his diary or something like you really feel what he's working through yeah which i really love um but yeah. i think it's yeah it's i just, appreciate that you're that the post beatles stuff really allows you to separate them as artists yeah. and listen to their work and not just yeah i mean it, it's the, they they were like i was talking earlier they were such an iconic group and to a degree as much as they weren't they were to a degree a devised group at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah. and so hearing them actually like be artists and understanding like oh no they are actually all very talented musicians like mm-hmm. and it's not like, just you know the monkeys and then <laughs> like I, I feel like there can be sort of two two different modes that uh, someone can operate in once they they're doing something solo, especially from a very successful band, mm-hmm. which is either the I'm gonna kind of continue what we were doing thing, and then there's the I'm just gonna go and do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I feel like that's what happened with John and Paul. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, which which is which is always interesting to me. Which artist decides yeah. to do? What? Well, I think that that's 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 John and Paul, but also the late Beatles stuff was so heavily influenced by John that that's why it seems like more Beatles stuff. It's not, that's true. It's not necessarily, Um, you know, like it's not necessarily, yeah, it was just, he had such a heavy hand in the last few albums that it feels more, his solo stuff feels more in line with it than Mm. what Paul went off and did. Especially because those, those last two records are are a little more stripped down Mm -hmm. and a little more, it's it's not the craziness of Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Um, like I fucking love Sergeant. Oh, Pepper. me too. Sar- Sergeant oh, Pepper. Oh, it's one of the best. I mean, it's uh, wonderful. It's it's my it's my favorite hands down. Yeah. Uh, it, that just to me, 
when I think of the Beatles, the image I have in my head is them in the coats. The coats. Because <laughs> um, I think there are so yeah. many different variations. There's, you know, the so great. black and white kids. There's there's that. There's the, you know, them on the roof. Ugh. You know, and I, I think I think everyone, when, when you think Beatles, immediately snaps to one particular image. Of yeah. Them. Have you have you heard the uh, remastered Sgt. Pepper's that they put out about a year ago? Yeah, I think so. It's... It was like listening to a different record. It was f- fucking crazy. That's a the first couple album. times I listened to it, I just put on my headphones and was just like, I've never heard half of this. So incredible. Um, so are there any uh, topics in Beatleania that we Beatlania. haven't uh, covered that you would like to? Hmm. We, did, we, did, uh, we did tell you we would allow you to come back to the Traveling Mulberries. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The 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 wabbling trillberries. Um, and, I and 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 we put a pin in photograph, and we're fucking coming back to that. Oh, oh, shit, we, oh yeah, we're okay. Photograph Photograph yeah. might be the single best post Beatles song. <laughs> okay, that, it, it very well might be. I mean, Ringo has some bangers. bangers. Ringo yeah. has some bangers. Ringo has some bangers. For having a terrible voice, love him, but his voice is not great. No, no. he has some fucking bangers. Oh yeah, and I think I think it's because, like I said, he's the Beatle that the other Beatles liked. So all the other guys were like, oh, we'll give you our good songs. Yeah. Like, Act Naturally is great as well. Oh, that's one of my, I love that song. Act Naturally, there's a really good version of Act Naturally from like the 70s or the 80s where it's Ringo and Buck Owens. And I think it was a Buck Owens song. I think so, yeah. And it's the most like, 80s country arrangement like there's a, a really big like oh bum, bum, sort of guitar on it later. there's a music video i'll show you the music video they're like okay. on a movie set it's fucking yes. bonkers um but yeah photo photograph i i have done a lot of looking it was a song written by george there doesn't seem to be a demo or a version where george sang it which uh, i would love to hear yeah but also it's like we were talking earlier about so how it's really weird saying- to hear somebody is that we're right and that George is the best Beatle. Mm-hmm. Because oh, no, is, actually, yeah. you're wrong. Ooh. Photograph is not the best post-Beatles song. It's I've Got My Mind Set on You. <gasps> I love mm. that song. Okay, Beth, I love that fucking song. I know, me too. <laughs> hold, hold on. I've Got My Mind Set on set You. On Much better you. than Photograph. I've Got My Mind got... Set on You. Honey, I, I, I love you. I, I have dedicated my life to you. But there is no fucking way that I've got my mind set on you as a better song than Photograph. You are out of your it's goddamn song, mind. Though. It's a, it's a song. great song. It's a brilliant <laughs> song. It's one of George's best songs. Yeah. But you are out of your goddamn mind if you think it's better <laughs> than Photograph. <laughs> photograph is, the, the lyrics are gorgeous. Look, just because you got a handy to Photograph. <laughs> <laughs> That, that we that all actually, learned that actually not did, make it better. No, that actually didn't happen. That was me doing a goof earlier. Oh. Um, come to think of it, I don't know if I've ever had any uh, sexual times with Beatles music. Come to think of it. Um, but you, yeah, that, photograph is, ah, that is ZZ so Top wrong. and Guster, though, for sure. Maybe if George. Oh, Regatta de Blanc, too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if George had sang photograph, maybe. I, would be more. I don't think it would work. I really don't. Okay, but you're the one who just said you wished that you had heard it. See, that's the thing. I would like to hear it. I think it would be very interesting to hear it, but I don't. I th- it is I think... him in the star. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, I swear to God, it's two of those, like, we were just rescued from a hurricane blanket. Like, this is why we love Ringo. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this yeah. is his life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, no, <laughs> no other blanket. no other beetle would ever be caught dead <laughs> near a tinfoil star <laughs> costume. And Ringo's like, yeah, let's take a 
hundred pictures this way. <laughs> Do you want me to wear my cowboy hat too? It's I've got one. So great. He has Ugh. so many. Like, what about your sixteen? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and oh, right. Man. Yeah. That's creepy. That's pretty creepy, though. Yeah, Bocas of Blues is even pretty all right. Yeah. It's 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 like not. <laughs> there's nothing like serious about it. It's just like Ringo doing some country songs. <laughs> Which and like and like specifically like cowboy songs. Oh God! And like, I kind of love how pure it is. Yeah, he's pure. Yeah, right? yeah. Where he's just like, I'm just gonna do this because it sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't honest- have anything to prove. I think that's what sets him apart. He had nothing to prove. You're absolutely. That's one hundred percent what it was. The other three guys, yeah, try were always trying to prove how good they were, like on their own, and that they didn't need the other ones. Yeah. But Ringo's just like, fuck it. And, and like he's Ringo had all the money in the world, all the locked into his life. Yeah, and like fuck it, he, I'll let him make his cowboy record. Hell yeah, I'm happy for you, Ringo. We love you, Ringo. We we really <laughs> it really don't come easy is also good. I'm oh, it don't come easy list. is very good. He has oh. some fucking bangers. Yeah. Ringo really does. That's another one with a cowboy <gasps> hat. Act naturally with Ringo Starr and Buck Owens. Listening yeah. to that later. Oh, it's it is. Yeah, uh, it is Buck Wild. Don't come, <laughs> don't come easy is another is another cowboy hat one. Don't come um, easy is very good. Yeah, God, yeah. Ringo had just like, I think his might have been the most fun. His yeah. covers are very funny. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Ringo was just a big old goof. Yeah. Oh yeah, the good good night Vienna with the big like Studio Ghibli robot. Yeah. No, that's the guy from um. The day the Earth stood still. Oh. No. Oh. That is the robot from the day the Earth stood oh, that's, still. Oh, that's Claw 2? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, all right. I want to be I Santa Claus. I love dedicated to talk so about I want to be Santa Claus. to Ringo than to John. Yeah. <laughs> First thing and in history a, to do that. And with a tangent into Claw 2. <laughs> but did we talk about I want to be Santa Claus yet? <laughs> what is that? No. Oh, I forgot about Ringo's Christmas song. Yes. I want to say it's, I honestly, I think it's a reggae song. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, we're gonna hear it. Because that's the thing. It's so like everything about Ringo Starr is fucking delightful. Like, like you can talk quality all day, and it will be all over the map. But there's no denying it is fucking delightful. Oh yeah, he's great. I mean, and he is having the best time being Sir Richard Starkey, aka Ringo Starr. You know, at, at for as much as that scene from Walk Hard was just a, the the best Beatles goof, when Justin Long as Ringo says like, I just want to have fun. It, like it kind of nails it. Yeah. Like it really kind of does. Hmm. That that also that might be one of the funniest scenes of any movie. Period. It's oh, so good. Um I want to be Santa Claus. Why does he want to be Santa Claus? Oh my god, we'll listen to it later. Because he, I, he, he I mean, I'm going to put some in. No. Right. Ow. distracted by Ringo, but I did tell you I would let you talk about the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, so oh, Traveling Wilburys, by all intents and purposes, shouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, it really shouldn't. All of those guys have such specific voices, both in terms of, like, the quality of their actual voices and 
their writing styles that like there's no fucking reason you should be able to put a Bob Dylan song next to a Roy Orbison song next to a uh you know Tom Petty song and like even if you look at that that first record uh Wilbury's volume 1 like Handle with Care is one of the best pop songs ever produced That's a great it's song. a fucking masterpiece the rest of them are all solo songs that are produced to sound like handle with care and it works most of the time yeah they're like every bob dylan song in the wilburys records is like bob at his absolute laziest like uh the 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 one that always sticks out to me is in the wilbury twist which is from their second album volume three Mm. um where everybody else is like rhymes for how you do the wilbury twist are like complicated and weird and kind of funny um bob's is it's a brand new thing for you all to do spin your body like a screw (laughs) and it's like bob you wrote the death of hattie carroll you can do so much better than that um and they were all at their most like 80s lesbian haircut looks oh yeah they were dadding it which like that to me i think is is the the mark of quality for a george record the more he has like a late 80s early 90s lesbian haircut the better the album is going to be <laughs> and, and like i i can provide you like verifiable it's just information on that yeah no it 100 is <laughs> if i if i could have just like that that, that like that poofy mullet that that george had oh like specifically from the cover for cloud nine that really poofy mullet and those uh reflective sunglasses uh, oh fuck yeah they all have like jeans on that are cuffed where you see a lot of black sock too oh yeah <laughs> and like and like bob was in that period where he was dressing like the scarecrow oh my god and like oh my god they're, they're such a terrible but not wrong description <laughs> there's all of the like visual aesthetic choices for the traveling blueberries were the worst you could make as a human being at that time. I mean, how long were they a super group? Not long. They because I, I think they made their first record relatively quickly. Let us look. Because yeah, so Handle I... with Care was a song that George had written that they came over and just all the four of them came over and recorded as like a B side. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, this is cool." Let's just have Jeff Lynne produce the rest of this. Yeah, I think because George is basically like, I just want to hang out with yeah, my mates. Yeah, 1988 to 1991, that's it. Wow. Yeah, they put out the first volume, then Roy Orbison died. Discography, we have Traveling Wilburys Volume 1, 1988. Traveling Wilburys Volume 3 is 1990. Yeah, they just went straight from Volume... Because I think their thing was they didn't want to have a sophomore album. So <laughs> that's they a just George went to Volume goof. 3. And like Volume 3, with the exception of Wilbury Twist... It really lost something when Roy was gone. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think his was the voice. His wasn't a rock and roll voice, and the other four of them are very much yeah. rock and roll voices. They only had and... like five singles: "Handle with Care," "End of the Line," "Nobody's Child," "She's My Baby," and "Wilbury Twist." And that's mm. kind of all the good Wilbury songs. They had other charted songs, but those are the only ones that were like released as singles. Like like there's nobody yeah. there's nobody clamoring over a, a single release for Tweezer and the Monkey Man. <laughs> It's, excuse me, it's Tweeter and the Monkey oh, Man. Oh, Tweeter. Uh, mm. And Tweeter. that, in fact, did chart in God, 1989 I, I, the, at 41. Amazing. I, that's what I get for trying to step into the Tweeter. Well, here's the thing. So Tom Petty said, none of this would have happened without him. It was George's band. It was always George's band. And it was a dream he had for a long time. That makes sense. Yeah, so I guess. I, I feel like George was maybe always kind of looking for that. 
Or like, I think he maybe yeah. needed to have like I a think band. He that was that. his and not, you know, yeah, John and Paul's, but also his, but not really because it was John and Paul's, and that's all anybody cared about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that like it was it was sort of among he was, he equals. was not as I think because he was a talented singer and he was a talented songwriter, it was harder for him being relegated to the background than it was yeah. for Ringo, who was just like, "What up? I'm living the dream." <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I, and I think too with the with I'm the Wilburys, decent decent drummer. <laughs> Who's just gonna like <laughs> fucking ride this out? Yep. And and I, I think with I think with the Wilburys too, it's that it was. I think everyone in the Beatles was equally talented, in different ways. I'm not but saying I that th- Ringo well, wasn't talented. I'm just saying. Well, hold on. Um, <laughs> uh, whereas with don't at me with the with the Wilburys, it was all people that had very acclaimed careers on their own. Mm-hmm. So it it must have felt kind of like we are all sort of equals, but then George could kind of push it, you know, push it along, which, which I think would probably have been a good thing. I mean, look at me conjecturing about one of the, you know, greatest artists in history, but like, That's, th- isn't that, that all this podcast is? Yeah. 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 I suppose you're, I suppose you're not wrong. But since we're on George, you know, the thing about him is I was reading a biography about him like maybe a year ago and he was like, what, how many years younger than John? Like three, two even. It wasn't Something that like many. That. Yeah. But because they I think started, he was twenty-seven when it all ended. Okay, but because it, they started so young, he was like fourteen when I think John was like sixteen or something. Sure. So I think that dynamic was like really hard to break out of once they were. Oh yeah. Because he was like their kid brother, and then when he wanted to step up and like be his own guy, they were like, okay. I've heard of. Yeah, he's three years younger than oh, John okay. Lennon. I've heard so of like fourteen so and seventeen is you know. I've heard of so many bands where that winds up feeling like the case mm-hmm. like the keyboard player for fish has said that he came in like two years later and he yeah. always sort of felt like the new guy even like they might be giants which is like an equal partnership am- uh, among the two johns because one of them was a year ahead in in high school when they met he said that it still sort of feels that way yeah you know, it's like Ringo is actually the only one who was the same age as john ah. really yeah Ringo and john were both born in 1940 Paul was born in 42, and George was born in 43. And it does, in fact, list here that Pete Best was born in 41, and Stu Sutcliffe was born in 40. Pete Best. It must suck to be them. Yeah. I think I've... Are are they still alive? Um, I think so. Pete Best is... Stu Sutcliffe is not. Okay. He died in 1962. Because I remember seeing that Pete Best would... Had That's a tour says, called yeah. the Best of the Beatles, where they, where they would just play like the early shit. Wow. Um. Well, he's not hot anymore. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all look more and more like just old lesbians as they. Oh yeah, for sure. Older. Like like Paul Which, just looks I mean, like your grandma. Good on good, yeah. on good on old lesbians. I don't mean that badly. I yeah. just mean I don't think that's what they were striving for. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be willing to go on record here, and I think you'd be into it. We we love old lesbians. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think that that's what Paul was striving for in his aging. No. Does Ringo look like one though? I think no. He still looks Ringo good. still he, as I, Ringo still just looks like Ringo. Yeah, Ringo, Ringo has Paul. not aged since 1991. If, if you yeah. if you put Ringo into Photoshop and just <laughs> did sharpen by about 30%, he'd turn into Cat Stevens. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. Yeah. He kind of does. <laughs> Paul, Paul got increasingly Scottish sounding as he got older. Yeah. Like, now he just sa- he just sounds like someone doing, like, a Scottish grandma voice. 
Yeah. I mean, that was like what I saw Bob Dylan. But a few also, years at ago. the end of the day, he ain't. Who cares? He's Paul McCartney. He don't give a fuck what we think about him. That's true. I would marry him still, you know? Yeah. Who's got the... And you have two legs. Yes. <laughs> it's, um... Is he the one who they, they reverted to the rights? Because suddenly um, Beatles songs are allowed to be licensed without... I think I think it reverted uh, back to being both of them. I maybe, think they because all... all of a sudden, a couple years ago, Beatles songs were able to be licensed without, you know, being the entire budget. Yeah, I think they got, I think they got it back a few years I ago. I would say around the time of Cross the Universe. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, That's, there there is some legitimately good stuff. There's in actually there, some but. really good covers in that. Yeah, the movie itself is nonsense, it's, but yeah. But let me tell Eddie Izzard singing Mr. Kite is like great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, there like, are some very good covers in it. Oh that, yeah, like that, there's um, some really really good. Even there, while my guitar gently weeps is very good. Is that the one where it's like the gospel choir? No. Yes. Oh no. I haven't listened to this album in a really long time. I saw the movie once when I was like, there's some, yeah, we saw it in, we saw it in theaters. It. <laughs> we saw it in theaters. I was fine with the movie, but there I've listened to the album a lot. There are actually some very good covers oh, yeah. and it's not, mm. a, it's not a band that I feel like you can cover, but I know me either. That's was my problem. I but think. I think there are some yeah. very good renditions of it. I think there are some very good arrangements that I enjoy a lot mm. um, on that album. Uh, however, my favorite thing about that movie is that we all walked out and there was a large group of us seeing it. Get ready, y'all. Dribbling up to the basket. Um, He's uh, <laughs> heating up. We all walked out of the movie, large group of us, and we were just talking about the storyline or whatever, and we talked about um, Prudence. Um, oh, yeah. So we were talking about her, and we were talking about how she was in, in love with the the landlady or whatever, and that's why she was hiding in the closet for that whole story or whatever, and then she like literally came out of the closet mm-hmm. and how it was like really on the nose and all this stuff. And then he completely earnestly went, wait a minute, she was a lesbian? He watched that entire movie and my, did not understand in that my, the whole point was that she was a lesbian. There was the whole scene with the cheerleaders and the holding hands. I want to hold your head. All of that over his head. In my defense, at that point in the movie, had pulled a full-sized bag of Cool Ranch Doritos out of her bag and just proceeded to just make a symphony of noises with it. Okay. And it was driving me up the goddamn wall. But so it was, was a little distracted. the whole movie. It was a huge B-plot of the movie. You're not wrong. There was a whole other song about it. You're not wrong. I don't remember it well enough to comment. I That's all, the only thing I remember about it, because it was so fucking funny. We all just turned and looked at him, and we were like, are you being serious right now? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... I just uh, forgot that there was a character named way Prudence. Way to fucking put which, on blast on our podcast. I'll bleep it out. She's not listening, but I'll bleep it no, out. No, but other people that know her might be. Yeah, yeah I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> Um, she is there was a friend else? from college. Many people we know who <laughs> listen to this <laughs> might know her. Is there anybody else we need to shit talk before we leave? Ugh. It's always just you, babe. Um, yeah. So the dunk zone. The, the dunk zone. Okay. Welcome we... to the dunk zone. <laughs> we got fun and games. Okay. I need to. Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna put down a wall of safety, and we need to talk about it before we go. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The moon is up. No, you're not allowed to sing it. Da-da-da-da. We're allowed to talk about it. This goes back. It's the worst a fucking few song years <laughs> for me and Brandon. Yep. When we worked together, and I, I forget how it started. Well, we, I don't know, but I talked about how much I hated this yeah, song. Yeah, you, you brought it up. Um, because it's terrible. Well, yeah, and it's, it might it's, have been also is. around the same time that I was trying really hard to pick the worst Beatles song, and for me, it was between. Even though it, like, it was all Beatles, it wasn't just Beatles. It was like it was between that and Happy Birthday. 
Wait, oh no, that's Christmas time. Honey and honey and honey pie. Wait, wild honey pie or honey pie? Honey pie. The one that's just yelling. Just just yelling. That's wild honey pie, isn't it? I don't. I think that's just honey pie. No, honey pie is. She was a. Oh no, that's yeah. No, that's honey. No, wild honey pie. Yeah. Anyway, honey pie. That to me is the worst of the White Album. Oh. Like just like. I don't. I don't mind it. It's just tracks of noise. and Yelling. Yeah. I was. I don't know why I was on a quest to decide which one was the worst, and and this and simply having a wonderful Christmas time. High content. The worst. Yeah. What's your true? So Brandon would troll me with this song. Yeah, like he still does. Actually, he'll text me. Yeah, oh. because when my <laughs> worst, whenever, I mean stupidest. Yeah. Well, which is which is why Honey Pie and okay. uh, say it's your birthday. Are okay, on there. that makes sense. Well, you know this this actually happened while we were working on hashtag today, <laughs> where every every bit had a different piece of music under it that was mm-hmm. like either commenting on the the thing we we're making fun of or just seemed funny or interesting and so when i was putting stuff together I, i'd be like oh hey we should how about this this song for this scene and then hit play <laughs> and most of the time it would be real but sometimes i'd be like oh oh i, I found the, the best song it'd be this and i'd play simply having a wonderful christmas time just because it would and enrage would lose my mind yo because you had every right to fucking stab him yeah, yeah. It's a terrible song. It, yeah, it's not very. It's just it's it's the, the most Paul. It is Paul yeah. at his worst. Sometimes Paul left his own devices. Like, most fucking not... poppy ass bullshit. And like, it's like isn't there like a lot of synthesizer in it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of bells, jingle bells. They they made the worst production decisions you could make. A in a Christmas song, and B at that time. Well, and I mean, they were all popular at that from? time, but. I want to say it was see. the 80s. I want to say it was like... I mean, that sounds it right. sounds 80s, but yeah. let's see. And like, at the end of the day, I don't hate that song. Uh, it's well, not you're wrong. Good. It is from... It's just such a silly 1980. throwaway. 1980. And it doesn't like... Off of McCartney 2. It doesn't Whoa. sound like nails on a chalkboard The B-side of it is... Holy shit. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> what? What? It was later added as a bonus track on the 1993 CD reissue of Wings' "Back to the Egg" album. Oh, thank God it finally got out there on that remaster. Yeah, of Back the, to yep, the Egg. B side: Rudolph the Red Nose Reggae, released November 16th, 1979. <sighs> wow! Can't explain why I hate it so much, but I guess because it's, it's bad. bad. <laughs> I think it's 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 the melody is childish. Well, here's the lyrics. The choir of children sing their song. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding ooh. Ooh ooh, toot toot, toot toot. Oh, wow. <laughs> McCartney recorded the song entirely on his own during the sessions for his solo project, McCartney 2. <laughs> Although the members so of Wings sense. are not on the recording, they do appear in the promotional music video. <laughs> so basically, 70s Paul just went and did a bunch of coke, so, yeah. made a Christmas song, and emerged the next Now morning. we almost can't hate, because he's playing us in his house. Oh, this is going to be on barefoot. the album. In a robe. There's a Kylie Minogue version. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know he was wearing a robe, but it was open. Just oh, dick yeah. out. Didn't know that. That's unfortunate. Oof. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's the melody. Diana Ross did a version. The melody Martin is... Sheen, John Spencer, and Stalker Channing did it on the NBC Celebrity Christmas album as the cast of the West Wing. What? Oh, In my 2000. God. We need to find that. Uh, what wow. is this? If I can find that, that's going to be the outro music. This week, if I can find that, um, yeah, like the the melody is is childish, just in the way it's constructed, yeah. and it, it feels like a 
you know, a schoolyard melody, which doesn't which doesn't generally translate into pop songs. Chicago and Dolly Parton sang it on the album Chicago 33, Oh Christmas 3. Wow. Not, not simply having a wonderful Christmas time. No. Um, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover, Amy? Or I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think, I think we got... We're pretty thorough. Ow, why are you hitting me? There's a Jimmy Buffett version? Oh, oh yeah, of course there is. Ugh. Oh, Brandon already knew this. Oh, that's on that's on his that's on his uh Tis the season. It's on Tis the Sea. Have you done a Jimmy Zun. Buffett episode? Not, not yet. yet. Not, oh, yet. not yet allowed. It's um, gonna be a big day for him. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have sent you Jimmy Buffett's version. I know that. Oh, probably. You okay. have. Oh my and god. She probably hasn't listened to it because his, she's not a masochist. His is a slowed down like oh. reggae. It's like simply. I have having a wonderful Christmas time. God. And he's like, are you out there, Parrotheads? And we're all like, yeah, we are, Jimmy. Okay. Um, and that's wow. where this episode ends. So uh, <laughs> if people wanted to find more Amy Huckabay on the internet. If there's oh, wow. anything you want to plug. You just had a thing touring at festivals, right? Or if you had a um, uh, yes. a web series that you maybe if wanted I did, to yeah. plug. <laughs> so you can find more about me, Amy Huckabay. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Amy is fancy. That's the word fancy because obviously, as you've heard, I'm very fancy with yep. fancy tastes. Mm. I have a web series called Managed. It's which, so good, you guys. Thank you so much. It, it's really funny. It looks beautiful. It's mm. super good. It's very sweet. I just also finished the pilot version of it. So, oh, nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's probably what you should watch. And um, just follow me on the gram. I don't really use Twitter because I... I'm not cool enough. Because it's garbage. Yeah, and I don't want people yelling at me or like threatening to yeah. rape, yeah. kill me. So you don't want it. You don't <laughs> just want like an endless barrage of bad news. Yeah, I can't. It's it's too minute by minute bad news. But follow me on the gram at Amy is fancy. That's just minute Send by me minute. Send me your dick. She also also. <laughs> do you still have a very good account for your very good dog? <gasps> yes, and she has a very good Muppet dog that I am obsessed with, which is named after a Beatles song. Yes, yes my dog's name is Rigby after Eleanor Rigby. And you can also follow her. She's named like her mother. Uh, Rigby, Rigby is fancy. Simply she's very good. I will an fucking end dog. <laughs> and she's a Yorkie and she's, she's even very good. more fancy than me and very perfect. No, 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 no. I, I don't. don't. <laughs> no more. <laughs> All right. Brandon, why don't you tell people where to floor. follow you? Oh. And if you're plugging anything. Um, if people want to find more of me, they could go to Hell Yes Brandon on the tweets and the grams and probably some other things out there. I think on the snaps, too, if anyone wants that. Whoa. Um, Nobody wants that. The next uh, Gunslinger show will be two days after this comes out. Oh, yeah. Did you schedule when uh, this is happening This is going to drop on Monday. Got it. Um, at, cool, 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 at the cool. pack. Um, this is going to be our big, our big July show, which just means it's the show we're doing in July. There's nothing oh, great. July, special about it being a July show. It's just a show in July. Um, and, uh, my other sketch team, Macho is, uh, we're around. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us at Macho Comedy on things. Yeah. If you want to follow me, you can find me everywhere at, at Girladactyl. Um, as I just mentioned, Hollywood Fringe just ended, so now I'm not doing anything. So, hey, hit me up if you have a job. Yes, um, please do. <laughs> give a job. But, yeah, you can find me just about everywhere doing that. Um, and 
yeah, I've got nothing. I'm not going to Comic-Con this year. I'm actually very excited about it. So that's normally what I do in July, and I'm not going this year. So oh, yeah. that's pretty dope. Also, we haven't had an episode since it came out, but uh, Tiny Stills and Kay- Kaylin West and Tiny Stills, uh, who did our theme song, which is Starting Over is a lot like giving up off the album Falling is like flying, has come out with her new album. It came out at the beginning of June. It's a phenomenal album. It's a, re- it's a really great album, and I know she's out there touring right now. They're announcing, it. they'll have announced their tour by the by time Monday, drops, yeah, but, but they're announcing it on Monday, so we don't know when it is. But if you follow them on Bandcamp, you can see where they're touring. Um, it's a great new album, and we would highly recommend you go really, check it out. Really good. Um, but yeah, again, thank you to Kaylin for for allowing us to use that. Also, her dog is very good. That's just a side note because I like to men- call out cool dogs. His name is Ernie. Ernie. Um, he's just a little meatball. Yeah, he is a little meatball. Um, I think that's it. No, 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 no I, I don't. don't pod no, no more. more. Yeah. I'm you can follow us at Add Into It Pod. <laughs> yeah, find us on your, your pod app. <laughs> yeah, and please still like and subscribe us. We'd really appreciate some reviews on iTunes. That would yeah, be great. Yeah, we're still still trying to get rid of that uh, free mountain goat Yeah, CD. right, from if like anyone, a year ago. God, do we even know where it is if we got rid of it? It's somewhere. Yeah, I, whatever. I, I think it's in I'll the I'll find it when LP I clean jacket. the apartment. Um. Yeah, All right. it really does help you help us if you like and, and if smash that like and subscribe button, fam. Oh my god, it's it's writing. Okay, it's lit. <laughs> Podcast over. Podcast over. Podcast over. Let me All ask right. you something about your Christmas trees. Do you do like? Color themes or do you mix it all up? Mix, mix it, it all up. I mix, mix it all, it up, all up, too, up, so we're all agreed on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Photographs. We're That's big it. with photographs of people that we I'm not a tinsel love. Man. Even the ones we don't love. The ones we, yeah, we put pictures of the people that we love. Our family, mostly. The mood is right. Spirits up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having. A wonderful Christmas time Simply having A wonderful Christmas time The party's on The feeling's here That only comes This time of year Simply having A wonderful Christmas time Simply having A wonderful Christmas time
enough. 